I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. All right. You ready? Yes. I can tell that you're ready just by the look of you. Yeah, it's the I everybody in listening land, she just butterflied her eyes like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the sound effect is That's great, right? Fantastic. <laughs> so, people think grass don't be wet in the morning, but it do. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> What happens if someone slaps you at a high frequency? What? It hurts. <laughs> Do you just like Google musical dad jokes or something <laughs> like that? No, I just collect them. And this one I sent to my kids because I, I knew that they would love it. But I'm going to share it with you. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm creating a new perfume for introverts. It's called Leave Me the Foo. Cologne. <laughs> well, all right then. There was actually a perfume a, long, a few years ago that was basically called that. What? Yeah. And it was like a, uh, you know, for men and women, it was the same scent. Unisex is what you mean? I do. And I lost genderless? the word. Genderless? Genderless. Like a good bathroom? Like a good bathroom. <laughs> As long as it's clean. Yeah. So uh, you um, chose today's uh, I did today's menu, didn't you? They're my favorite. All right. Well, uh, the first song from 52 is um, the mm song. Yes, that's how you pronounce it, everybody. And if you spell mm, I have decided because of the rules of capitalization that the first M will be capital and the following two up to however many you'd like to put there mm-hmm. are our lowercase. I was going to ask how many, how you decided how many M's went into the title. I referred to Otis Redding. I see. But um, not Hanson. Oh, geez. I didn't even look for the Hanson song. How many M's, how many M's are in? I read about country. You'll have to Google it. Out oh, jeez. All right. I'd love to be Hanson approved. You know, those guys show up whenever you play in Tulsa. They show up whenever you play Nashville. I can't tell you how many times I've seen them at the Ryman. They're just like backstage hanging out all the time. More. Well, I say all the time, more times than twice. I have been in a backstage dressing room at the Ryman with them. Okay. We're Googling it now. Hanson. What do they call it? Uh, mm, Brother. Bop. Mm, Bop. Oh, uh, um, Bop is one word. How about that? Let's see in the full lyric. Yep. Capital M, then two lowercase m's, and then B-O-P. All one word, mbop. There you go. And it, it reminds me of trying to write about um, the Oak Ridge Boys, Elvira, a few years ago, trying to figure out how to spell mbop a mau mau. It was, it was a situation. I think I texted Joe Bonsall and said so. 
And what was the answer? I'll have to go back through my text messages. I don't remember, but that, but that's what I did. I texted Joe and said, and, and if y'all don't know, Joe is the singers, one of the singers in the Oak Ridge Boys and said, you know, how do you spell was I bet it'd be multiple words or is it hyphenated? I don't remember hyphenating it, but there were, I mean, the, you are were, essentially the authority. <laughs> there were, there were more P's in that than I okay. thought they were going to be. So when, when you, uh, did you hear the mm song or see the title before you heard it? Did you hear it first or see the title? I saw the title because you sent me the track list, right? Yes. I did. So then I had to click on it. So you saw, and, and does it give you any kind of indication when a song has such a, uh, what, what do you even call that? Uh, a linguistic, uh, I thought we can't it's use automatopoetic. this. I don't know. I Is thought, it, mm? I thought people are going to screw this up. We can't use this as a single. And then I listened to him like, but it's like one of my favorites. I love this song. I did. I did think about retitling it. I sent to Andrew DeRoberts. I was like, hey, man, what do you think about us uh, changing this to a different title? And he's like, no, why would we ever do that? This is awesome. <laughs> for uh, for editorial purposes, it, you know, it's like every writer everywhere, you know, their spell check is going to stick on it and be like, well, I don't know. And then and then they're going to have to, like, Google the title. Because they're not going to remember how to spell it. And then it's going to be wrong. And all of those things. So, yeah, no, it's just a me thing. You know, just a, I've written about songs for 20 years. And I apparently have pet peeves. <laughs> but so I love nice that song. To know that I, <laughs> nice to know I got myself in under the, <laughs> right onto your good list. <laughs> you still like the song it's somehow. Like I love the song. It's a fantastic <laughs> song. It's, it's impossible not to like it. It's just so catchy you'll be walking through kroger singing it after you listen to this podcast hey look from your lips to god's ears may it be playing in kroger one day may it be playing in kroger <laughs> all right let's take a listen this is uh from 52 in the key of summer this is the um song Jingles. I'm drinking and cover band is singing. I go, mm, 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 mm. If I'm fishing and I'm leaning back on that Georgia River bank, mm, 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 mm. But the smile you see, he's there, cause she is my always on favorite She's a diamond, and she don't know it. Every time I see her sleeping in my T-shirt, I go, mm, Stay 
It's like I'm getting high Her eyes, they leave me hypnotized There aren't no words for the way her curves go called the mm song there's nothing else you could call it <laughs> i mean that's just it and it's such an infectious summertime bop it's just the best and see you used bop mm-hmm. i right did there yeah so it's like your mm bop <laughs> <laughs> so uh i loved this song I, I i loved it when we wrote it and i i was surprised that it didn't get cut by another artist from the distance between when we wrote it and now. Um, mainly because it has all of the the DNA of all I want to do. Right? Yeah. It has this kind of nonverbal uh, melody that just keeps happening. And it's weird. You kind of don't get tired of it. Like I used it in two or three different ways. Like... She says, mm about him. And he says, mm about her. And he says, you know, when she goes, mm, that's good for you. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious how much real estate the letter M takes up in this song. Well, do you think that's because maybe people are afraid to sing that? Like, is that hard to sing? Like, because oh, it's, it's kind of, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of non-traditional. It, it's non-traditional, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just like it because it lets your imagination use the innuendo, right? Uh-huh. So you don't really have to say it. And I, I think a lot of times in my exploration of music as I'm uh, learning more and more about it, I, I, I've, I, I find myself... Uh, with the same reality, which is sometimes the melody tells you just as much as the word would. You know, the attitude that you have when you sing something, and it could be anything. Like, when I go back and listen to Sam Cooke songs, I'm like, holy smoke. Like, he goes 10 notes before he gives me the word. You know, and I was like, wow, I have lost that. That knowledge needs to be moved forward. Right. And Andrew DeRoberts, he he co-wrote this with me and he produced it. And uh, and he is fancy in both those places now. You know, he does like One Direction and Max Martin stuff. But um, Andrew's uh, always been just like the most square guy ever, like the (laughs) nicest dude. When I say square, I mean it like. Uh, square shouldered like he's a he's a good solid person like right. he, he like success didn't change him right and uh 
And what I, I, I think is interesting is he, he always says that he comes from like uh, Ohio at a place where everybody wants to be in a band and it's a band that is like the American version of the Rolling Stones. So he's forever trying to recreate that sort of falling down, rolling thunder right. type of party. And, um, and, and I think I'm his outlet for that. <laughs> And in this case, I have to say he, he was right. You know, every time he was like, no, let's sing it again and sing it again. So what you're really saying is we need to send the mm song to Mick Jagger. Oh, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now what I need you to do is so while you're sitting in your car, listening to this, see how many ways you can use mm to communicate. You know, like people do like meow, 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 meow. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, there's a million ways you can use them. Mm. I just made you laugh, didn't I? You didn't expect me to do the meow, meow thing. I didn't. So nope. I, one of the, my most favorite things that happened during the pandemic was, um, you know, I, I got obsessed with Ted Lasso, right? And, and my brother and I were working on a musical, and it was actually being staged in, in mid-COVID, uh, in, in 2021, I believe, at uh, the Alliance Theater. It was called Darling Corey. And it was the last Friday of, um, of the performances. And Brandon was the music director, and I wrote the music to it. And he would have the, the, uh, all the actors, because it was a big cast, warm up every day. And he made them do him as meows. It's meow, 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 meow. I hate, I miss that. Meow, 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 meow. I put it online so you can find it. Excellent. If you dig back far enough into my either Instagram or whatever it is, you'll find it. I made a little video of them. And I was like, this is the last Friday. I have to miss Ted Lasso. (laughs) And I think I was there on the last Saturday. I think that's when I came. That's when you came to see it. But, um. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, what do you, what do you even call that? Do you call it a, a, um, what, what do you call the, the word with no meaning? Mm. Um, flexible. A fl- uh, t- <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I've been in there. I was looking for the English teacher, but <laughs> turns out you have a music business degree, right? I do have I'm a the me- one with the English degree. You, right? Yes, we're totally flopped. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> so this pairing let's see, is uh, yet another love song. This is pairing a song called Light Me Up. I love this song, too. And you know, so tell me a little bit about why you love this song. You know what? I love this song because, you know, I we had worked together when you were in Sugarland, but we didn't work together a lot until you or more on your own. Mm-hmm. And I love the entire Southern Gravity album. There's just a lot of, I don't know, I think all those songs are super well written. And I know the stories behind them. Um, so that makes, that endears them to me more. But sure. Makes sense. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I just think, I think Light Me Up is what everyone wants to hear. I think the message in that song is what everyone wants to hear, genuinely what they want to hear. And 
in a way that is, you know, kind of pure of heart. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's why I love it. I I, I love it because it was so unexpected. <laughs> I, did, I had no idea. I literally, I was walking through the casino during the ACMs uh, of that year where Sugarland had summarily been forgotten very quickly in that particular world and everything had kind of moved into this bro country situation. Mm-hmm. But when I was launching my solo stuff, I had to go and, and reshake the, everyone's hand again and say, hey, please don't forget us. But really, I'm actually putting out music. And it was this weird time where Jennifer's putting out music and I was putting out music, but mine was actually like working on the radio and ACMs is more of a radio thing. And so I was out sort of promoting my record and I had, uh, uh, volunteered to do a couple of songwriter shows that are inside the casino. And, uh, I was done and I just came over and started playing the roulette table. And this guy and his girlfriend came up and they were, um, they had, he had a little medal around his, his neck and he was just so proud and um, I was standing there betting and, and when I don't have Jennifer near me, you don't recognize me the same way, you know, uh, like uh, in a, like a, a room full of people. But um, in this case, I had on my, like my, I had on my baseball cap or something and I was drinking a drink and, and playing roulette. And this guy came up and we, he started betting and I was betting and, and we started laughing and talking with each other and everything. And, I said, Hey man, well, what'd you win? He's like, Oh, I won. You know, I got really fortunate. I, I, I was one of the 18 million riders on this song cruise. Oh my right. And he, and I said, Oh, well, my name's Christian. I have country band Shirley. And he goes, no kidding. Holy crap. That is you, isn't it? I was like, yeah, no, it, it, suddenly we had a conversation and he was really nice. And the, the girl he was with was really nice and they were, they were winning. And I, I was winning and, um, and as usual, you know, a lot of writers will, the, one of the things that happens and pretty immediately is, can we exchange our information so we can write together? And I was like, of course, man, look, but except I'm in Atlanta, I'm not in Nashville. He goes, oh my gosh, my girlfriend's in Atlanta. So I'm down there a lot. And I was like, oh, reach out for sure. And, uh, his name was Jesse Rice. And I realized that all of the PR on the word rice with that song was about chase rice. And I was like, wasn't chase rice like just in like a, didn't he just do survivor or something? And then just like accidentally ended up in that. Like he was famous for having his shirt off, not for doing anything. Right. And he accidentally wrote this song, but it was the wrong rice or was it the right rice? And so I start I had all these questions that were unanswered. Cause I, I was confused and, uh, Jesse spent some time untangling all that for me. He's like, Oh yeah. But we all sort of, we we're all writing all this kinds of stuff together. And it wasn't, it just happened to be that day. Those guys were around each other, but like Kanan Smith was a part of all that crew. And there were all these guys that were kind of experimenting with what it felt like to have hip hop beats underneath, you know, country lifestyle lyrics. And, um, 
Jesse, he was like, man, I, I can't believe that this even happened. Like I'm, I'm a level one or level two songwriter getting paid for level 10, you know? And so I said, well, you're welcome in my world. So he came by and that day he, he was, um, he was getting ready to take his girlfriend to a birthday and wanted to write a love song. And I said, well, let's write a love song. And I, I had figured that maybe his strength would be stuff that had beats behind it, yeah. much like Cruz was, right? So I put together my own version, like the Atlanta version of what I could get away with because I, I wasn't a big fan of the lifestyle part of country music because it was getting in the way of melodies. I, I wanted there to be more melody and... and I just, I didn't need another of the same rhyme. You know, to me, that's like, I don't know. You're just making the rut deeper in the road and eventually your truck's going to get stuck. Um, (laughs) Do you like all that metaphor just hit you in the right places? Um, So uh, I had kind of come up with this thing and then he came in and just started singing these long melodies over it. And we backed into a lot of this lyric and, um, and I love what we made that day. And I don't think he thought anything of it. I think he left not even thinking that it would even go anywhere. Right. And I just kept working on it and working on it. I must have 15 versions of the song. But when we finally got to it and I, I called Travis McNabb, the drummer I've been playing with since literally I was 19 in Atlanta, who still plays for Sugarland and everyone else right now. Um, and he came into the studio and he, I said, I want this to feel, um, like a human, but with the energy of these tracks that are going on in the world of bro country. So here it is. Light me up. Like a soft blue girl. Comes on and catches your Monroe smile. You light me up like a spark wheel spinning on a silver ladder. The kick of your heartbeat couldn't be brighter, girl. Cause you light me up like
lightning flash of a lightning strike See you cutting into the night To light, to light me I love it. I love it. It makes me happy. It's I think the, the melody is genius. And I really like the line in there because I've never heard it said that way before where you're talking about um, a Monroe smile. Oh, yeah. I think that's just really original. And there aren't that many ways to say something left that haven't already been used. And I haven't heard that. Oh, well, I, I, I love trying to challenge people's lyric bingo. Yeah. My favorite one in that song was uh, Spark Wheel. So we had to actually look that up. A I mean, spark wheel spinning on a silver lighter. So the spark wheel is the wheel that grinds against the flint mm-hmm. in your Zippo. But I love the the sound of whatever that word is. Yeah. And you almost, and you don't even have to know exactly it what that is yeah. to, to get a picture. Yeah. I love it. I do too. Okay, I accept the Monroe smile. That's pretty good. That's great. Um, I, I, and now that you, now after listening to that, I, I also recall that one of the things that was important to me was to play this stuff with a band. Like I didn't, I didn't want it to be just programmed. No, it doesn't sound like a track. Yeah, and it, and that was the intention of. I was trying to help a lot of these guys understand that there was life beyond the track. Like (laughs) you don't, you don't have to, um, the reason people are making tracks are because they can't afford to have the band. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's why we did this. That's why we just, we didn't have time to go get a drummer. Nobody here is a drummer. So therefore can we just program drum beats and then sing to them? Right. But, um, there's something magic about putting a bunch of people in a room with air in it and then they play together and they're not always perfectly together. Like they're a little bit off in every little corner, but they're enough together that when Travis hits the downbeat, the bass player's like, and yes, you know, and your brain hears symmetry. So when things are too cornered off symmetrically, in a, in a recording, you start to ignore things because you can trust that it's going to be there again, right? Like a pattern and you stop paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, whatever you just stopped paying attention to is no longer affecting you. So let's say, for instance, um, uh, 
you had this beautiful like bell that goes ding and you wanted it to make you feel good in your brain. And it went off exactly the same time, right? Uh, in your song, your bo- your brain will forget it if it's exactly the same separation. Yeah. So I love how when you make music that has human pieces in it, the human pieces always hold your attention. And so therefore their expression is aggregate. So by the time you get to the end of the song, you're like, oh my gosh, that was such a journey. Like that, I now understand the whole feeling they were getting at. Um, it, it just, it, so it, when you, when you ask players like Travis to play stuff that, you know, is being represented to them in a track, I love hearing what they come up with. That was, that was two drum kits. Yeah. It's fantastic. That was so good. And you know, Jesse Rice, the other Rice, he just reached out to me recently. Um, and, uh, he has really made a, a, a life for himself as an artist in the Gulf and Western trop rock world, which, um, I, I met him uh, again. Well, I didn't meet him, but I saw him after I got invited down to the, um, the parrot head, Jimmy Buffett international, uh, convention. It's called the meeting of the minds. And, uh, I got invited last year and I went down, I think it was just to be a fill in for somebody who couldn't get there. And we played a set and I thought <laughs> after we played like flip flops and a couple of bar the pool and I thought they were going to carry me out on their shoulders. It was like, <laughs> I was suddenly their favorite band. And Jesse was, was on the side of the stage. He was like, man, I knew these people would love you and I love you. So he sent me a song and I, 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 I guessed, guessed it on one of his songs that's coming up here pretty soon oh that's fun so um in the world of of jesse rice there on on light me up um you know kindness comes in its circles you know it always it always comes back around so all you young artists out there be nice to everybody on the way up because you're gonna see them again on the way back down and then you're going to see him again on the way back up. <laughs> and then you're going to see him again. So it's like one of these things where um, if, if it turns out you find somebody in your world that just isn't for you, don't be mean. Just move on. Yeah. You know, try not to hold your grudges. And see if you can get any of the Cindy Watts lyric bingo cards. <laughs> filled in as you go we'll post right. those online later i'm just kidding there there is no i li- i liked our i liked our thing today this is good yeah yeah i, yeah. I didn't expect it I, i'm 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 excited we're good all right until next time until next time bye bye hey everybody christian bush here cindy watts and we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52 If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. 
Thank you for listening and please join us next week.